All right. Many stops and starts here tonight. All right, listen, we're going to get right to it. Food podcast, me, Keith Schoen from SureDog.com. <sighs> Interesting day. The Rock is on a, a UFC press conference. We have Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman going at it. We have, of course, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal tomorrow, uh, literally 24 hours away from that. We have a uh, uh, big, really interesting weekend in combat sports. If you're a boxing fan, we have Canelo Alvarez tomorrow, of course. Um, everything, everything this week has been geared towards UFC 244. We had the Nate Diaz USADA nonsense. We had Darren Till missing in action in London. He has now hit the ground in New York. Uh, we have some potential Conor McGregor fight news. We have Paulo Costa going out. Israel Adesanya potentially uh, facing uh, Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, who knows? I know Robert Whitaker was pulled off a speaking tour and immediately went into training, so I'm guessing that they're going to do the rematch. Uh, we'll talk with Keith about that. We get all Keith's predictions for the main card tomorrow night. We get all of his thoughts on Conor McGregor. We'll get all of his thoughts on uh, the bad motherfucker title. This is an NSFW podcast, so we'll just go ahead and say it. Keith, I asked this question to everybody off the rip. What's your excitement level for tomorrow's card? 10 being UFC 229, uh, a 1 being, you know, an old school UFC, you know, on fuel card. Remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuel TV. Fuel TV. Um, so a 10 being the highest. Yeah. It's so tough because as a media member, I don't really view myself as a media member. I view myself more as a fan. And really? A lot of people, like, I I hate when media members talk about, like, oh, I can't, I hate that this press conference is going so long, or I hate, oh. I hate that I have to travel here and that. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? This awesome. is the best. Like, I spent the last weekend at, what? I said it's awesome to be able yeah. to make U.S. dollars to do so. Yeah, last week I, I spent four days at Mohegan. I loved every second of it. The week before that, I spent four days at UC Boston. I loved every second of that, like... So, so asking me, like, I get said it every week, you know, but, um, yeah, it's weird. I probably got, I'm probably gonna have a different, um, perspective from other people. Most people would probably say they're super excited for the main event and the rest of the card is just, you know, like, uh, the cherry on top. I think of it more as I just love the card from top to bottom. It is so loaded. I would say seven or eight fights on the card. Matters in the rankings, matter in the, I mean, we could have, on this card alone, there may be three title, uh, eliminators, or three number one contenders, I should say, just on this card. Maybe four, I'm not even thinking, but there's at least three on this card that the winner could very well get a title shot next. So that's what I am excited. And as far as the main event, Diaz and Masvidal, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, so, so to answer your question, I'll give it an eight. Sorry, I gave you a really long answer just to say eight. That's why the that that's why we bring you on. So yeah, I'm curious. I mean, just for people who aren't. I mean, when I look at this on paper, Keith, I go, this beats UFC 238. This beats UFC 236. I, I it's, it's the deepest card of the year to me. Well, let me ask you a question. Does it beat the next card in December? No, 245 is maybe the best card I've ever seen on paper. I mean, yeah, it's a good one, and it's not even it's not even complete yet. That's the crazy thing. It's a good we one. We end up getting Faber and Jan. And uh, what's the other reported fight that, of course, is escaping me right now? Two other Robbie, isn't Robbie Lawler? He was originally on it, and then it uh, was it Ponzinibbio got hurt, 
Yeah. He's out, but Robbie Lawler still rumored he may be on it. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I know Kellen Vieira versus Irene Aldana is another fight that has been rumored. I don't think it's been announced. But uh, Jan yeah. and Faber, that's official. Jan and Faber is official, but there was another one being talked about that totally escapes me right now that was really got me going. And I can't remember now, so it couldn't have got me going that much. But we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. Um, real quick, off the bat, biggest takeaway. We had a lot of press conferences today. We had the 245 press conference. We had the ceremonial weigh-ins. We had The Rock uh, talking about a, 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 a movie that he's about to star in. And we'll get to that in a minute. Biggest takeaway from all today's festivities, Keith. Well, I mean, like always, I think Kobe Covington stole the show. Whether it, it, he stole it in a good way or stole it in a bad way, what everyone's going to be talking about is Kobe Covington. Um, he said, I think he did some really had some really good moments in the press conference. I thought he had some really bad moments. I thought he made some mistakes. Uh, he seems like he's in Kamara Usman's head. Kamara Usman, if you saw the way the press conference went down. He he started off doing this smile like every time Covington talked, I'm going to smile. I'm not going to try to show that it's bothering me. And then it started changing. When Colby started talk, when Colby started bringing oh, in dad, yeah, when dad. Col- yeah, when Colby started talking about not being able, you're, you're not able to piss clean, and he starts throwing out these mm-hmm. allegations, and then he just pretty much ignores them. And he gets he ignores us so much that Mike I think it was Mike Bond from MMA Junkie asked him like what what do you have to say about this and yeah, he he doesn't even Mike answer Bond, him yeah. he doesn't even answer him he, he goes a different route he goes you know I'm just excited for the card on December 14th when I take this guy's head off something it's like man he he didn't even answer the question so it seems like to me that Kobe's in his head that said I thought Kobe made two mistakes the first mistake. Did you catch this where Kobe admitted that he wants to be hated and that this is an act? Yeah. 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 Like, we all know. When he basically said, listen, I'm doing my job. They're booing. I'm doing my job. Yeah. We all know that's an act. But you don't say it. Like, you still have to be, you know, when, when Triple H or Kurt Angle or Hulk Hogan or whoever is doing their WWF thing or WWE thing, they still have to pretend that that's real. Like they can't do Most an interview. Would argue that the business started to go down once people started realizing that it is an act. Most people would argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there was a time in my life where I thought Hulk Hogan was the toughest guy on the planet. Right. You thought that shit. Like you thought he really took his vitamins yeah. and didn't drink and you know went to bed at nine o'clock. You believe that? And yeah. The same thing with Colby. There was a moment though. Um, a couple moments. Uh, you know, there was one moment I saw with him and Robbie Lawler after their fight where they kind of embraced and they talked. And, sure. and you do get the sense that, uh, you know, there's such a thing as real-life bad guys, which we know exist in MMA. We could rattle a few off if we, if we chose to. And, and fake bad guys. And it just always makes me laugh, Keith, that people take the bait on this guy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it reminds me of... Chael Sonnen in a bit because when Chael Sonnen first became a star when he started talking trash to Anderson Silva, people forget this. Chael Sonnen was hated. 
the majority of people were rooting against Anna Silva. And then the act, he just started going so much over the top. He just kept getting bit. Like, when he lost, he still called himself undefeated. And he came up with these little funny... out against Anderson Silva. Yeah. And he, even in the post-fight that he thought it was just the end of the round. I mean, he was yeah. yeah, and people started embracing it in a way. I don't think Chael ever reached a level where Kobe is right now for hatred. But what I've noticed oh, is more and more the most hated fighter in UFC history by far. Yeah. yeah, but what I've noticed is more and more people are starting to like him. You sure about that? Because I put yes, it I didn't think it. In, I didn't Let me think it. This thought. I, here's okay. here's my thought. I know you're going to agree with me on this. I put it out earlier that if Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington were headlining tomorrow night's fight card, I would be at an eleven right now, and people came back to me and said, no, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz, I hate Colby. He doesn't move the needle. He doesn't. Everybody came back to me and said he doesn't move the needle. But if it was Colby and Kamaru tomorrow, Keith, it would be a totally different story. It would be much more hype, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like that main event more. That said, I agree with the people that says that Nate's a bigger star. He's a bigger name. Jorge, like, they, they, people, they tend to flock to him. But that saying, when I was watching the weigh-ins, and I watched on the UFC official one, and on the side, there's people making comments, and yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot more Kobe fans. It was a lot like war Kobe, a Kobe for president, Kobe this, Kobe that, and I, I would say the majority were still anti him, but I'd say about seventy thirty. And wow. a month ago, I would have guessed it would have been at ninety ten. Oh yeah, ninety five five. Right. So right. I do think. I think the big thing is he's making it where you either love him or hate him, and that's good for business. You care. Now, hit, you care. Yeah, and way. that's what he said, and that's what he said himself. Now, one thing I thought he made a mistake, I've always said that the Kobe act is fine as long as he doesn't cross the line. I say if he's bad-mouthed Brazilian, as long as he doesn't say something racist, it's okay. As long as he doesn't bash someone's religion, it's okay. That said, I thought, and this was a very quick line, not many people picked up on it, but I thought he went across the line. When he mentioned Kamar Usman's former coach, the guy who started the Black Zillions, Glenn Robinson, and he said yep. he'll be rooting from hell. Glenn Robinson died of a heart attack a couple yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah, I caught that too. Right, I that's that was too way far. Over that's yeah. too far. And, and, and I don't, I'm not one of these guys who hates the Kobe act. I kind of find it funny, to be honest. I, I, I think, he, I think I, again, um, I'm drawn to things like that. And I think he's people, young fighters should study Kobe Covington on how to get over, honestly. And it's funny because love him or hate him, Kobe has done things that he, no one imagined that he could have done. When he went to the White House, yeah. no one would have thought. If you go back to the days when John McCain was trying to get the UFC yes. taken completely off of TV, if you say that a star would one day be sitting in the Oval Office with the president, that the president's family would be coming, sitting yep. front row, that the president himself, which is supposedly supposed to happen tomorrow night, that's the word, that yep. the president himself is going to be there. If you said that that would happen going back, say, 1998, I would have said you're crazy. Right. It's just things that Colby Coven has made. I'm not, I'm not saying he made Donald Trump be there tomorrow, but he had a big effect. Sure. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I checked in. I don't know how many people you talked with on ground today, but I checked in with a bunch of people on ground today, and they all said that the Secret Service was there and doing their uh, 
forward sweeps that they do the day prior. So apparently it is on for Trump tomorrow. Yeah, and <laughs> who would have thought that the card that Donald Trump would go into would be the ones that the guys are fighting for the baddest motherfucker title? Well, and, if you look at uh, Jorge Masvidal's Twitter, he seems to be a Trump supporter. So, yeah, I mean, he is. He's, I've seen him say things before. But that's, who would have thought that Jorge Masvidal, a guy that was considered a B-level fighter for a really long time, and Nate Diaz, that before the Nick, uh, excuse me, before the Conor McGregor fight, he was kind of viewed as Nate, uh, Nick's little brother. Definitely was. That's all he was. That, that it's, it was it's, Nick Diaz's grade, and oh yeah, he's got a little brother who's pretty good too. That was yeah. It, it was a hot take to say at that time that Nick had a, uh, excuse me, Nate that had a better career than Nick. It was like a hot take back then. I actually agreed with it, but I, it was I a agree, hot 100%. take. Oh yeah. Now, Nate, now, Nate, now it's Nate, the opposite. Now it's yeah, the complete Nate, opposite. Nate is, it's not even close at this point. Is 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 been oh, better. Than Nick. Yeah. Now, now it'd be if Nick. Oh, oh, Nick. Oh, that's Nate's brother. That's what it'd be. So yeah, that's that we are now uh, twenty minutes into this, and we're, they're literally fighting twenty four hours from now, and we have yet to talk about it. We fought Paul ah. Colby for twenty minutes. So yeah, I don't know. That's you gotta feel. You gotta feel for someone like Alex Volkanovsky, who who basically <laughs> jumped on a plane, was on it for 24 hours, you know, on and off, to get asked one question at the press conference. And, I, I I've yeah. always thought that when you have the the stars, I don't think they needed uh, the females or the featherweights. I think would have been a better thing. I agree. Is if they went on tours themselves, like. You're in New York City. You go to Vegas. You go with your big stars. So everyone wants to talk. Everyone wants Kobe and, and Usman to go at it. They don't really – like the press are asking questions to Nunez and they're asking questions to Max. They don't really want to – they're just doing it because they feel like they have to. But imagine the same time if you had Max Holloway and Alex Volkanovsky pulling, pulling a press conference in Australia, say, yesterday. And you exactly. had – you had Jermaine Duranamy. Nunez down to Brazil or whatever. Brazil with Jermaine Duranamy, and then you go to uh, Holland. and Just imagine if you did that. I think that would be more effective than having them there asking. I mean, Duranamy got, I think, one one or two questions. Volkanovski got one. <laughs> yeah. did Holloway get, who's a huge star. Well, not a huge two, star. Two, two, three. Two or three. And one of them, one of the questions was about Kobe and, and, yes. and who's. Yeah. Yep. And I knew it coming in. When they all hit the stage, I said, this is the Colby Covington show, and it always is, and it's it's great. This is a good thing for the UFC. People need to understand that. Yeah, well, we can get to that after the main event of the well, – yes. I'm sure we'll talk about that after the main event of 244. Cannot wait. What do you think uh, – let's, let's keep rolling here. BMF title, like it, don't like it. Let me just get, say my piece. I hate yeah. it. Keep, I wish we were just saying, and it would be fine for me, if we just simply said – we didn't have a title fight main event because Usman and Covington didn't come through. Um, we couldn't get John Jones, so we're going to give you a good old-fashioned number one contenders match. I would be fine with that. Yeah, they don't need it. They don't need the belt. I hate it too. I hate the gimmick. Uh, I I've heard people say that they have to. The deal with ESPN, they every pay per view has to has a title fight. That's why this is put yeah, in place. That's not true. That's not true. Well, that's I'm just telling. Not- I'm I'm just telling what I heard. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That said, it doesn't need it. Like, does, is anybody watching this fight and going, well, man, if the title wasn't online, I'm not watching. Keith, when this fight almost fell through, my Twitter feed was full of, well, who's going to be the bad motherfucker champion now? That's all it was. People were genuinely worried that that title was not going to be on the line. Oh, well, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. It, it, like, I, so say Jorge Masvidal wins. Do you, when you look at Hoyes do you think he's the baddest motherfucker? No, I think Stephen Miocic no. is. Yes, the heavyweight you know, champion is, is, with the is, is always the baddest motherfucker. I don't yeah. even think he's the baddest motherfucker in his weight class. I don't. Is Stephen Thompson, who recently beat Jorge Masvidal, who's on the same card, is he not a bad motherfucker? He's a pretty bad motherfucker, yes. And the guy he's fighting is a pretty bad Who yeah. loses to, like, nobody? Is, Luke, you know? Yeah. Is RDA, who absolutely destroyed Nate yeah. Diaz, not a bad motherfucker? Like, yeah, wrote this this week. Is Josh Thompson not a bad motherfucker who had kicked yeah. Nate to oblivion? I mean, you know, no, how far do we need to go here? It just means, like, who's a, who acts like a gangster. Okay, because RDA doesn't act like a gangster, or Josh Thompson doesn't act like a gangster. Sure. I think that's what it comes down to. Are they going to realize, you know, I said this on, on your show around the links uh, after you bowed out. Um, and after I won again, that you know, I listen. Hold on, hold on. I gotta stop you right there. First of all, first of all, you know, if you come on as a special guest, you audit. It's like starting if we played baseball and you started up with a ten nothing lead. <laughs> so that's how Mike. That's how Mike Heck views. Okay. Literally, I've had people complain. Oh, you just you guys just let the special guest win. I'm like, I don't let him win. Mike does. What the hell, okay. I come hard. I understand. <laughs> carry on, okay. carry, carry on. It's sort of like catching two big fish when you just started. Okay, I got you, man. Beginner's luck. Anyway. Like, are they going to realize that, you know, maybe they need to be a tag team? Are we going to have tag team titles? You know, I mean, how far are we going to go with this silly gimmick shit? I've now got Brock doing stuff at UFC press conferences. I don't like it. Yeah, I think it's stupid. That's just me. I I don't need the Rock handing out fake belts. I don't don't need any of that. Go ahead. All right, there's a boxing match tomorrow. I don't follow boxing, but there's a boxing match tomorrow. I have no idea. They fight for a title. I have no idea. But I'd watch anyways. Like... Right, right. That's like, true. Like McGregor, McGregor, and, and Mayweather technically fought for some stupid money belt. Was Did anybody? They? Yeah, they put the stupid. The money belt. Yeah, would anybody have not bought the pay per view if the money belt wasn't online? That was a big. Uh, me and my wife attended that event live. That was a big. Uh, that was a big thing for us. We wanted to see that money belt, and I didn't even see it wrapped around uh, Mayweather's waist. Now that I remember, I don't remember one thing about it. To be honest with you. Other than uh, a lot of drunk idiots fighting, it's it was terrible. That said, uh, I mean, let me just – on the main event, one other question, then we'll pick. Here's my thinking, Keith, and I wrote this this week, and, and people email me and, and push back on it. I'm hoping and praying that Nate Diaz wins this fight and Colby Covington wins the next month because I think while it may not be a very good matchup in the cage because I think Colby will probably work him, I would love to see a buildup between Colby Covington and Nate Diaz. I would love to see that. Well, if you so you have four options. I mean, we we both agree that the winner of this fight is going to get the title fight, correct? Like, yes. I, even though I actually think Leon Edwards deserves it over both these guys, I he's think not he's better than both of them and has done more to 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 earn it than both. But of them. He, I think but, you could even make an argument that Tyron Woodley should get the shot over both of them. But let's face it, that's not going to happen. The winner of this yes. fight is going to fight. So the winner yes. of this fight is going to fight the winner of next month's. So you have four options. Your options are. Kamaru Rosen versus Jorge Masvidal. Kamaru yeah. Rosen versus Nate Diaz. 
Kobe Covington versus Jorge Masvidal, Kobe Covington versus Nate Diaz. So if you had me to rank one, two, three, or four, I actually would disagree with you. I would go with Covington Masvidal because okay. the backstory, story. they're roommates, best friends. Like they can. This is not. This is not the. This, all right. Well, let me back up. One of the biggest rivalries in the history of MMA. ESPN just did a documentary on it. It's a Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz. Sure. And they were friends. They trained each other, but there became a time where they started downplaying how close they were, especially Chuck Liddell. Like, yeah, I trained with him a little bit, but I was always planning on fighting him. That was not the case with Masvidal and Kobe Covington. Three months ago, they wouldn't even entertain the conversation, like, or like, oh, we'd only fight for the title because we always want to be the best. But it was never personal. Now it's. I'll fight him no matter what. They hate each other. Jorge Masvidal called Kobe Covington a cocksucker. Covington yeah. addressed Jorge Masvidal today. It's yeah. The backstory between these two, you know, you show pictures of them, you know, pictures of them in all over the place. I think that's a great backstory. The one after that, I would put Covington versus Diaz. But Covington is the top two. It's Covington and then figure out how you want to do the three and four. Sure. But yeah. I actually, it's weird. I don't think the winner of the main event this t- tomorrow night matters as much as the winner of next month. As no, much of as of Dana not. hates, as much as Dana hates Kobe and and whatnot, Kobe matters more right now than Kamara Usman. Uh, I agree. Kobe, if if I said this last year, and and people are like, "Oh, you're a dick rider." The, it was in the UFC's best interest if Conor McGregor walked in the cage and knocked out Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's the bottom line. It was in their best interest. Didn't happen, of course. It's in the UFC's best infer- interest if Colby Covington keeps going and becomes even more of a heel. Because if he loses, Keith, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I know we're getting back on this fucking Covington thing. Yeah. But if he loses, it's all over. The heat's gone. I wouldn't say it's all over, but it definitely hurts the stock. I mean, it... it... As but anybody, I don't, I don't know if it's all over because I think I mean take take Ben Askren. People yeah, hated him. I call well, him well, but hear me out. People hated Ben Askren heading into Masvidal, but they still wanted to see him lose to Maya. Like they still was interested in that. Yeah. But yeah, he, his stock would would plummet huge. However, imagine if he wins. Imagine he's, if he wins, and the guy now all the things I he think said is the greatest welterweight in the world. I got a lot of respect for Kamaru Usman. And then he has done it. He has talked shit in your face, and he's gone out and beaten everybody. What can you say? Is it just at the point where you just throw your hands up and go, he's great? You know what would he, I think would be the ultimate thing? And I'm not saying – I'm not making my prediction happen. Imagine if Kobe won, and then he just decided, like, oh, hey, I won the title. No, I'm not doing that bad guy thing anymore. Yeah. Like, could he, he do that face turn like that? Could no, he? no, no. No, but, I mean, how funny would that have been? Like that'd be yeah. the ultimate like troll. Like, yeah, no, actually, I like Usman. He's he's a good dude. He's a good family guy. I actually like him. Like, how all funny would that be? How, this is a dream come true. I've been waiting for this my whole life. This is a dream come true. Yeah. I want to think. I want to take my old high school wrestling coach. And, you know that. Kind yeah, of yeah. And he just completely changed it. And then he goes he goes on Ariel the next day, and he's talking about spending hours in the training room with his high school wrestling coach and shit like that. <laughs> he's got Cam Haynes. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like a distance runner that he that he trains with. Yeah, there you go. He's a Rogan guy. He always talks about how Colby is the biggest freak he's ever been around, and this guy's a freak, Cameron Haynes. If you guys don't know who he is, you should check him out. Awesome videos. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, it, it, again, we could do. We're gonna do weeks and weeks of UFC 245. So let's get off it for 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 now, because I could do it too. Trust me. Um, undercard tomorrow. 
Give me something that um, stands out to you on the early prelims or preliminary card that you're looking for. I'll tell you, for me, um, I think we have a women's flyweight title fight who's going to be the next uh, sacrificial lamb for Valentina Shevchenko. I'm interested to see, as always, Hakeem Duwadu, because I think he's a very good up-and-coming prospect, a featherweight, a guy who can make some noise. Um, that's on the early prelims. You know, the prelim card, it's, you know, uh, a guy who I think could be the future of the middleweight division in Edmund Shabazzian. That's that's what I'm looking for more than anything, Keith. Well, I mean, you have seven fights, and I like all seven. Well, <laughs> you know, when you count the, the regular prelims and then the early prelims. To talk just just to talk about the ones you talked about, Caitlin Chikagian versus Jennifer Maya. You got Jennifer Maya, former Invicta champion. Uh, she was the Invicta champion when she joined the UFC. Caitlin Chikagian is a girl that many people thought she already earned her number yep. contendership when she, she beat Joanne Kelly. Got it? Had she not be getting married? Uh, that was that I believe is the deal. Go ahead. So that yeah yeah when when they gave it to Liz Camacho yeah, yeah. um so that fight to me is. It, it's one of those ones that me and John Franklin talk about this on our recap show all the time. We always have like, oh, here's the why is this way down in the card portion. Yes, yeah. You 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 can't get a fighter over, and you can't get a champion over because everyone says, well, who the hell is this? You know, and then all of a sudden, Liz Kamush will be in a co-main. I mean, she's not Liz, not Liz Kamush. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, Valentina Shevchenko will be in a co-main event. And she'll be facing, say, Jennifer Meyer or Caitlin Chikagian. And people say, who? Who the hell is this? Well, yeah, right. I don't know, because you've been having them on the prelims, the early prelims. The early ones. Yeah. If you go from a ranking sense, what actually makes more sense to be on the main card? Derek Lewis versus Blagoy Ivanov? No. Or Jennifer Meyer versus Caitlin Chikagian? No, I agree. Chikagian and Maya uh, should, if you're going by that, they should be third or fourth from the top. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could say the same thing with Stephen Thompson and Vicente Lique. You could say the same thing about Greg Gillespie and, Ke- and Kevin Lee. And same thing with Corey Anderson and, and Johnny Walker. Johnny not Anderson even Walker, the main yeah. card. It's not even the main card, yeah. So it's, it's that was the prelims, quote-unquote. I hate when people say that, but it's the last fight in the prelims. That's an intriguing matchup. I hate Caitlin Chikagian style. I hate that. Yeah, high volume distance where you throw a lot of punches, but you're not really committing. You're trying to be basically just trying to trick the judges to make it seem like you're busy throwing kicks and yeah. far away that not intend to hit. Sure. It, 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 if it was wrestling, it's, it's, it's a stolen tactic in wrestling. People, if you've ever watched amateur wrestling, when you're on the lead and you start shooting wide, way outside shots because you're trying to shoot to seem like you're being active. But you're not committing to your shot to create a scramble where they can be reversed. I kind of feel like Caitlin Chikagian does that the whole fight. But Jennifer Meyer is the opposite. Jennifer Meyer is planting your feet by down your mouth being throw. So that fight is going to dig, basically, in my opinion, is going to whoever dictates the space. If it's an outside distance fight, Chikagian should win that just by her fake volume. Sure. But if Maya can get. Inside, even like in the mid range, I'm not even saying all the way in the all the way into the pocket, but just in the mid range, and and, and make it hard for Caitlin Chikagian to circle away from her. I think she could do well there. So, I, I mean, are we making picks or are we just? Uh, I I usually don't like to water it down okay. by picking the whole prelim and early prelims. I just okay. like to look at some of the certain storylines. Um, listen, I've outwardly wondered about Chikagian before. Um, I'm just not sure, based on everything you said, and, and it's right on. 
I just I never see her as a serious contender. She looks great. She's got a uh, she's very uh, obviously easy to look at. She's a star. There's no doubt. Um, you know, a low level one anyway. I just I mean I, I'd be utterly shocked if if she's ever you know seriously threatening Shevchenko. To me, women's flyweight is the most boring division in the whole UFC. It's over. It's a wrap, Keith. Yeah, but she has such a she has such a style, like such a weasel style, that in a weird sense, in a weird sense, and I, I agree, I, mean, I would favor Shevchenko all day over anybody. But, but anybody. if you, but if someone who could beat Shevchenko would be Shikagin with her weasel style, staying outside, throwing punches, not getting hit, not hitting, Shevchenko would be just being like, all right, we're gonna have this one of these boring matches. You're not gonna come commit. Shevchenko feeling. Shevchenko actually landing more shots, but not throwing as much, and the judges just get absolutely tricked. Well, I saw Chikagan throw 200 punches. I saw Shevchenko throw 40. Yeah. Shevchenko landed 30 of them. Chikagan landed 10 of them, and then then giving it to Chikagan. That's the only way I can see her winning a fight. And Maya, I think Shevchenko's a terrible stylistic matchup from for Jennifer Maya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't even. Uh, I don't, and and the it, other. The other interesting one that you already mentioned, it's obviously Johnny Walker versus Corey Anderson. Let me, let me ask you one other question, though, before we get there. Are you as high on Edmund Shabazzian as I am? No, no, no. He's, he's, very, he's, got, he's very raw. He is very athletic, and he has, a lot of, what am I, he has a lot of raw tools, but I don't know if he's technically sound. And this is a big step up in competition against a – say what you want. See, I feel like – Brad Tavares is the 180 opposite. Where he might not have these raw high potential, he's just a technical guy. Not a lot of power, but he stays very technical. He sticks to his game plan. So if if Shabazian beat him, that wouldn't shock me. But I, I could also see this as being one of those roadblocks you see in a lot of early young fighters' careers. Fighters' careers, where you're like, oh man, when that guy lost to this guy. Like sure. I could feel like that could be this, and I'm actually that's what I'm picking. I'm picking Tavares to to outpoint uh, Shabazzian. Wow. Um, uh, and of course we have Andre Olovsky, uh in Rosenstruck, which I I mean don't blink on that one. Uh, Shane Burgos is on the card. I'm high on him. What do you what do you think of Burgos too? I, I, I like another Burgos. guy. I, I who I just I've been pushing him forever and ever. Um, I I I would love to see Shane Burgos against. I just don't feel like. Uh, uh, Amarcani is, I, I don't know. I, I just, I see this as just another Shane Burgos W like I've seen, you know, 10 times in a row. I, 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 I don't know. I just, this fight doesn't do anything for me. I wanted to see him against better competition than this in, in MSG. I was hoping for better. Well, Amarcani has, he's a good wrestler. He's got to have a wrestling advantage on Burgos is whether, whether he can take him down. If not, he's going to get pieced up on the feet. No Burgos is a really good striker. I mean, even even his loss to Calvin Cater, he did really well. And and think about this: imagine he gets, he, you know, that fight was back and forth until he, you know, he ran into that huge uppercut and got knocked out. If that didn't happen, where would he be right now? Like he might, he might be the one fighting to beat. You know, he would be. He would have been thirteen. You know, if we were, if we we changed that loss to a win, he's thirteen and zero. Right. I mean, he might be one fight away from a title fight. Instead, he's fighting. Maquin Americani on the prelims. Right. Um, I like Burgos in this. I think he's a very technical, good boxer. He does he does really good at rolling punches. Uh, he has really good vision. 
Uh, yeah, I like, I, I think Burger's a top 10 guy in the weight class. I think, like, I, I don't know, like, this might be crazy, but I might favor Burgess over a Yaya Rodriguez. Sure. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about, you know, down the, I always think about down the line. I think about the next storyline, and you're right, a guy like Yair, a guy like a Jeremy Stevens, I would I'd, probably favor him over both. I'd favor him over Korean Zombie. I don't know about that. I would. Um, he's oh, tight. Wow. I would. Uh, I'm, I'm very high on Burgess. I'm very, very high on Burgess. Clearly. Um, but I'm also very high on Calvin Cater. Like, I think a lot of people are counting Calvin Cater out. They sure. shouldn't be. I think he beats the beat. Absolutely. Um, I, I absolutely think he does. Um, real quick, main event of the prelims. I know I fucking hate saying yeah. that. ESPN 2, the last fight on the prelims. Probably, uh, depending on what happens with Dominic Reyes, what happens with John Jones, I, I don't know. Uh, Corey Anderson, 12-4. and four. Johnny Walker, 17-3. and three. Johnny Walker is very aesthetically pleasing fight style. The entire world believes he's the toughest matchup for John Jones. I tell everybody to stop. Um, I, I favor Anderson Keith because I think it's a boring wrestling match where Johnny Walker gets completely stymied for three rounds. I think it favors Walker, uh, uh, Corey Anderson. He's got a great camp. I, I, you know, Again, he, he's had his issues too. He hasn't taken fights and... and, and and I've heard the whole the whole spiel on on Anderson. I get it. Um, am I wrong to think that I love Anderson in this fight? No, I'm taking Corey Anderson myself. <laughs> um, I don't. So uh, you said everyone who says that Johnny Walker is a yes. the best candidate to beat yes John Jones has not seen uh, Johnny Walker's losses. Johnny Walker's losses have been on the ground, been taken down. I'll wrestle. That's why I think I think this matchup is a good test for him. I think this is what I said earlier about saying the guys are so opposite. I think this is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny Walker's all big power, big flash. Why? If he wins, if why he wins very, very not technical at all, and Corey Anderson is the exact opposite. Go ahead. Yeah, and the way they win, if Corey in Corey Anderson needs to. I mean, the, what, the weakness of Johnny Walker is wrestling. What is the strength of Corey Anderson? Wrestling. Okay. What's the weakness of Corey Anderson? His chin. Yeah. What is, what's the strength of Johnny Walker? His punching power or his kicking power or his knees or his, you know, I think it's perfect. Like, it's a perfect matchup for, okay, who can, you know, who can find the flaw or, or expose the flaw in the other person's game? We know what it is and who can dictate it. I'm taking Corey Anderson, but the thing about Corey Anderson, he has to be perfect in this fight. Like he yeah. has to get the takedowns. If he he could be winning the entire fight, and make one mistake, and right. Johnny Walker can make him pay. That's why I think this matchup is so intriguing. Which is so to me, fun. how the hell is this fight? Like, why is Stephen no. Thompson and Vicente Luque, which is a fantastic fight by the way, but why is that fight on the main card and not this one? It makes no sense to me. Well, here's their thinking, I think, and and I'm going to counter myself here. Number one, a I think. Just on the fight, I think always it's more likely, Keith, that the wrestler is going to take him down over and over again and control the fight than it is likely that a uh, striker is going to find that perfect shot. That's usually my opinion. That said, I agree. I think they want to uh, showcase Walker um, on the main, you know, on on ESPN, uh, free to everybody so the world can see him. You know, my response to that would be, you know what? Showcase Derek Lewis. He's a knockout artist. We know that fight is probably going to be a knockout. Why not Derek Lewis? 
Well, I've, I've never liked that argument. A lot of people say, well, I'd rather be on ESPN or whatever because more people see me. I've yeah. never believed that. I, I've never believed the numbers have been, I mean, I'm sure obviously they are, but the numbers, I think that's counting bars that have ESPN on 24 seven. That's no one's watching that. You're at Fridays and there's ESPN in the corner or ESPN two in the corner. I also believe if someone is watching the ESPN prelims and they're not going to order the pay-per-view, like, are they really going – when Johnny Walker wins, are they going to order the next pay-per-view because Johnny Walker got a win on the prelims? I can't wait to follow this you, Johnny Walker's career here. I'm all in. You know? you know what I'm saying, though? Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm not going to order you, – you just you just pumped at me 20 promos in a row of Diaz Masvidal. I'm not going to order that. But, the, you know, the pay-per-view three or four months from now, I'm going to remember Johnny Walker and get the pay-per-view. No, of course not. That's why I think it's better to have Johnny Walker on the main the pay per view card. He gets a knockout in front of everyone, big, huge, because the higher up the card, the more exciting, you know, more notoriety it gets. And then all of a sudden, Johnny Walker does a flying knee knockout of Corey Anderson, and he starts calling out John Jones. I, I just think that has a bigger impact than being on the prelims. And you know that is going to be the call out. So this is my last question on the on the preliminary portion of the card. Whoever wins is it John Jones next? I don't think Corey Anderson. I really don't think Corey Anderson wins and gets a gets even though he probably deserves it more. Definitely deserves Dom, it. Look at, his win. Look at his yeah. wins. Go. Dominic Reyes is undefeated. He's he's a he's more exciting fighter than Corey Anderson. He just won in the main event of the card. He came off as much as much as we love Johnny Walker and he's so much fun. Beating Chris Wyman still means more from a yep. fan perspective than beating Johnny Walker would. The style matchup. I think Dominic Ray is undefeated. He's already been talking trash with John Jones. I don't see Corey Anderson. I, I think it's impossible for Corey Anderson to jump over Dominic Ray. Now, Johnny Walker. No, here's my thing. If Walker wins, I want to see him run the gambit. I want to see the Anthony Smiths, the Tiago Santos. I, it, Keith, they don't need him to do it right now. He's but got, go ahead. I'm saying, you ask me if you will get. He will if he does something crazy. If the knockout is in under a minute, it's a flying knee, it's a perfectly timed head kick. But, you know, there's knockouts and then there's those holy shit knockouts. If he has a holy shit knockout and then hits the moment on the mic, does everything, maybe he jumps Dominic Reyes. But even that, I think Dominic Reyes versus John Jones is going to be the next fight. Can, for, I, tell for you, can I tell you something? I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them wasn't the next guy for Jones. I mean that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about light heavyweight. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Jones goes up to to heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. I I could see Ngano being the next guy or or whoever. I could see Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about a light heavyweight. Yeah, I know. And it's funny because I'm I'm in the minority. I actually want to see John Jones versus Dominic Reyes over John Jones going up to heavyweight. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to – there's still some guys at light heavyweight. I would love to see Jones and Reyes. I think Reyes could – uh, you know, with his length and his in, in his fight style, could potentially give John. And listen, you know, I don't know if you're in this camp. I think Jones is Jones is the greatest fighter of all time. I really do, and I don't think it's it's very close right now. But is he on the decline right now? Has he? Do I see John slowing down a little bit? Maybe I do. I don't know. You know. Well, I mean, it's the first time he's officially lost a scorecard. This last fight, he doesn't really use his wrestling much anymore. He's not the grappler that he once was. He's, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he could have easily, in my opinion, 
taken Tiago Santos down and made that and TKO'd him or submitted him or just made it a very, very ugly 50-45 card. And it, and it wasn't. He just didn't do it. And I, well, that's if you believe his wrestling hasn't declined. I, I have no reason to think that it's – I mean, I would have to say it's declined. He just doesn't, doesn't do it. Doesn't yeah, do it. I mean, he couldn't take down Anthony Smith. He couldn't take down Tiago. I mean, he did take down Alexander Gustafson. So that's that's your that's your argument. If you want to argue that his wrestling is gone, that's your argument. Yeah. That said, I don't think John Jones is the best pound for pound fighter in the world right now. I think no, Khabib, absolutely not. I think, I think Khabib, Khabib is. is. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I agree. I think Khabib is. And honestly, Keith, uh, if if Khabib Nurmagomedov goes out, and I know we're going off the rails here, and beats Tony Ferguson, and then Justin Gaethje, and then potentially George St. Pierre, I mean. Is there really much of an argument to who the greatest fighter of all time is? Uh, I mean, it would Those if John Jones. It, 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 it would if John Jones never lost. Still, if right. if John Jones is still standing there without without a real loss on his record, that'd be hard sure. to pass. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. If he goes out and dominates like he's a do- always done, and they're not close, and wasn't close. I mean, everybody talks about Poirier trying to hit some switches and having him in a guillotine. But did you at any point in that fight think it was close? No, no. No, oh, he's dominated him. Even the punch when 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 he hit Poirier, like yeah, Poirier got him with a good punch. Okay, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't buy into these narratives that oh. I mean, every time Khabib's a boogeyman. We're always going to find excuses. Oh, you got oh. rocked with this punch or that punch. But I just I've never seen the guy in uh, iota of danger ever. Yeah, I've seen yeah. Jones in danger, Keith. Yeah. Well, the thing about John Jones. Uh, eh. I'll say this. I've, I feel the same way about John Jones that, that people feel about him right now. I feel like moments of weakness has always been exaggerated. You go back to his Alex, the Alexander Gustafson fight is turn the volume off. That fight isn't as close as people remember. Gustafson uh, won the first round. That's it. He lost the last four. Okay. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's a lot of get pushed and people just, they buy it. And I don't, it, you know. Joe Rogan sold a lot of people. I, I wrote that, that this week. I said that Gustafson won. Ben Askren was was brought in. The reason why Ben Askren was this mythic, mythic figure is because people get their MMA knowledge from the Joe Rogan podcast. Well, I'm talking about Joe Rogan doing the play by play of that fight against Gustafson and John Jones. Let me tell you right now, Gustafson. There's a lot of Caitlyn Chikagian type stuff outside throwing punches that ain't landed, and people are scoring it for him. I challenge anybody to watch. Gustafson versus John Jones won, and you find me the three rounds Alexander Gustafson won. Because you got to win three out of five. He didn't. At best, it was two, but the one. I had a 4-1. I had a 4-1. I get John's round. But there's no way Gustafson won three rounds. Okay. Didn't happen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I can buy that. I I can buy that. But then again, I mean, on, on the flip side, again, we're getting off the rails. Did you really believe Conor McGregor won round three against Habib? Did you really believe that? Because I, I just I'd have to watch. I haven't watched that fight as much, but I'd have to worry watch that. But it's is it? Well, I mean, this is we're going way off the rails. But how many times is there a fight like where a fight when someone is expected to blow the other person out and then it doesn't happen? You sure. tend to give it to the person who was supposed to get blown out, like. The Demetrius Johnson and Tim Elliott fight wasn't nearly as close as people may sound. Like, Tim Elliott had one good round, and then the rest yeah. of the fight was losing to Demetrius Johnson. But then people afterwards saying, but remember when people asked, oh, did Demetrius Johnson lose a step? Look, he almost lost to, like, no, he didn't almost lose. He lost a round, okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It, then he made an adjustment. The, then he made an adjustment, like, the, all the all-time greats do. Yeah. 
do. Yep. Yeah, and then yep, one. You're right. They have that just other like, gear. All the all-time greats have that other gear. You know, it, you, we saw it. You know, we just saw it with Adesanya and Gasolin when he absolutely had to have it in the fifth round. He took it. You know, I mean, we, you're right. You're right. They have that other that other gear. You're right. I'll give you another example. And this is one, I mean, people from my hang up, stop listening when I say this. <laughs> George St. Pierre versus Johnny Hendricks. I scored for Johnny Hendricks. Yep. That is not a robbery. You could, it, you're looking at blood and all that, but you watch it three rounds. You could yeah. pick three rounds of George St. Pierre. I forgot what, I had a two rounds each, and there's one, it's like two rounds that George won, two rounds Hendricks won, and then there's a toss up round. That's how you scored that toss up round. But well, I think with that, with that fight, it was just all about, you know, and I agree. I scored that fight for Hendricks, but I, I didn't think it was a robbery either. But I think people look at damage and go, it's the same with, uh, you know, with uh, Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker from UFC 225. I thought Whitaker clearly won that fight. I'm still hearing people say Yoel won that fight. Well, it's just about the damage. Yeah. And George St. Pierre, it came down to George St. Pierre was on this huge run. No one was giving Hendrick a shot. And then because right. it was close, you thought he won. Another example is BJ Penn versus George St. Pierre the first time. BJ Penn wins the first round. Beats yeah. him up. Gets a black eye, broken nose, blood flowing everywhere. Then George St. Pierre wins the next two rounds. And people yeah. will call him robbery. It's like, no, yeah. he won two rounds. BJ won one. Sure, it looks worse because no, St. Pierre's nose is broken. He's bleeding up. But that happened in one round. It didn't happen in all the rounds. So, yeah, we can do this. I mean, we could keep naming examples. We could all night. You're right. You're right. Um. Real quick, let's get to the main card, Keith. Give me uh, a couple sentences on Kevin Lee and Gregor Gillespie. Real quick, let me tell you, uh, as somebody who has suffered from staph infection before, I can tell you, you know, waking up at 1 in the morning with 103-degree fevers, having to get rushed to the ER, which happened to me. Kevin Lee has a staph infection on his chest, um, usually where it starts, unfortunately, um, where it started for me, still have the scar. That being said, uh, Kevin Lee is not a 155-er. I expect Gregor Gillespie to absolutely work Kevin Lee tomorrow night, probably uh, finish him. Um, this one here is the easiest pick on the card to me. Well, so to talk about the staff fashion, yeah, I've seen the pictures. It could be staff fashion. It could be a pimple. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are just jumping in because, you know, there was rumors of his fight against Tony Ferguson. They had the same spot on him. I mean, yeah. you know, mind you, this is a, what, 27-year-old guy or whatever how old he is. Like, It'd be very. It's just as likely that he could have a pimple on his chest because he's 27 years old. <laughs> you know, it looks who's, to me who's, like who's, staff. Who's, Somebody who's, who's gone to quit. It looks to me like staff, man. But but I mean, just saying, like you see a, a red bump on the guy's chest. It could be a pimple. I'm not a dermatologist, but sure. he's 27 years old who sweats all the time in the gym. So I mean, that said, uh, it's the first real test of Gregor Gillespie. If we're being honest, uh, I've gotten into with some of the guys on Sherdog. I've we rank Gregor Gillespie very high, and I say to you guys every week, well, are we ranking him on potential or what he's done? Because his best win is the Anthony Darius. I mean, yeah. good win, good win, no doubt. But, like, I don't think he should be ranked seventh or whatever we have him because he beat Anthony Darius. Um, sure. NCAA, NCAA champion wrestler fights at a very high pace, which I have always – anybody who's ever listened to any of my recaps, anything, knows I talk pace, 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 and I say it all the time. Like, I'm a broken record when it comes to pace. I love pace. He fights a very high record, but he's undersized. This is a guy that many people think could be 145. Kevin Lee is the opposite. He's on the other spectrum. where He's very big, but he's very inconsistent. We see fights where he looks – I mean, his fight against Ensign Barbosa, he looked like the true 
threat to Habib. We like that was when he fought Edson Bova, everyone said the same thing. Wow, Kevin Lee is right. This is the guy that could be that could be the biggest challenge for Habib. And then we have other fights like RDA where he can't control his gas, he gassed out quick, did the same thing against Tony Ferguson. I am not saying this is the easiest fight. I am going with Gregor Gillespie. It's the first time Kevin Lee has given up a wrestling advantage to anybody. Um, sure. that, that's a big question mark. It's a guy that really, being a top side wrestler really matters to Kevin Lee. That's a huge portion of his game. And to yeah. guess that he probably doesn't get that position. He could, but he just from the size and strength, but probably doesn't. That's a lot to handle. And then the pace. And then, as you said, he could have staff affection. We know, we know getting down to 155 is grueling for him. He's, even he's though he didn't make it today. And he's, that's the perfect guy to look towards when you talk about a 165 pound division. Honestly, he just, he's not, he's not a 155er. And, so, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Greg Gillespie also, but I'm not like as nearly as confident as you are because he hasn't been tested. <sighs> Heavyweight. Uh, fourth down from the card. Heavyweight Derek Lewis makes his return. Uh, last time we saw Derek Lewis, Keith, um, he, was, he lost in, uh, hold on one second. I was going to say it was last year at UFC 230, but he actually did fight after that. He lost to Daniel Cormier on this card last year for the heavyweight title. Um, then he gets beaten, uh, TKO Junior DeSantos, UFC fight night 146. That was in Missouri. And now we have him up against Blagoy Ivanov. Keith, I know everybody's going to pick Derek Lewis because he's the sexy pick. I, I think I think Ivanov is is the better overall fighter. I, I think people are sleeping on Ivanov. I expect Blagoy to win this fight. Um, he's two and one in his last three fights. Did lose to Junior Santos. He did beat uh, uh, Ben Rothwell, and he just fought at UFC 238. He fought against Tia Tuivasa. I don't know what you think of that victory. I don't hold uh, Tia Vasa in very high regard, um, but I don't hold Derek Lewis in very high regard, Keith. Well. I don't know if anybody's counting out Blagoy even enough. I mean, it's a pick a fight. I'm looking. I'm at five nines right now. They're both negative one hundred five. So it's it's a pick a fight. Yeah, I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record. I'm gonna say the same thing before. They're so contrasting different. You got Blagoy sure. right, who's all about being very technical, kind yep. of slow paced, not very spectacular guy. Well, Lewis is the opposite. Everything Lewis does is what I mean. Uh, Lewis, he's kind of slow, but when he does hit, it's explosive. Like his kicks, are, I think his kicks are very good. Yeah. Um, and he has. Earth-shattering power. No matter what happens in a fight, he could be down. We've, we've seen it in many fights. The Shamil Abderrahimov fight. The, the one against uh, Volkov. Yeah. Uh, he, he was losing to Travis Brown. He was losing Travis Brown when he came back. Uh, I mean, I think there's one or two other fights in there that I'm forgetting. Derek Lewis has that one-shot fights over power. So that said, I'm going to take Derek Lewis just because I feel like we could have a very slow pace, nothing happened fight, and he can win that, or he could just land a big shot. So I'll give him that. But yeah, we'll go even off wins. I won't be surprised at all. He's the he's the more technically sound fighter. What do you think about Derek Lewis's heavyweight prospects, Keith? While we're talking, he gets outclassed by Daniel Cormier last year at UFC 230 on very short notice. He actually fought at 229 and 230. This is how most yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they offered um, him to. They offered Derek Lewis to fight Stephen Aotrich at uh, UFC Brooklyn. That fight did not happen. The opening night on ESPN. Uh, what do you make of Derek Lewis? I, I think he's a guy who, you know, if he wins this fight, he could potentially fight a guy like Greg Hardy and maybe make do some big business. But I never see him as a as an actual title contender. 
No, I, I never did either. Even when he was challenging Daniel Cormier, I, I don't know anybody who was taking. He's a raw. He's fun, but he is what he is. Like he, he's he's always going to be fun. He's going to have fun comments. I always want to like. I never want to miss a Derek Lewis interview because you know he's going to make you laugh, seeing something ridiculous. Because, you know the balls is hot and the other other funny lines he's had. But I mean the guy's thirty four. Like am I expecting to get better? I mean. I guess at heavyweight, it is the one division where you can go deep into your forties and still be effective. But sure. I, I don't. I'll, I I would highly doubt we ever see Derek Lewis with the heavyweight title wrapped around his waist. I just don't see that happening. Sure, totally agree. Um, third up, uh, Vincente Luque and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Of course, Wonderboy just gets beat by Anthony Pettis, who comes up to 170 pounds. Vicente Luque is one of the most interesting, fun fighters to watch in the entire UFC roster, Keith. I'm so glad that he's getting a main card spot against a guy like Wonder Boy. Um, listen, uh, nobody is a bigger fan of, of Thompson. I, I think he absolutely got robbed against Darren Till in Liverpool. That was a total hometown um, judges scorecard. I thought he won that fight. Uh, I think there's some arguments to be made that he won the first Woodley fight. I think there's a very good chance that Wonder Boy could be the champion right now or could have been the champion. All that being said, I like Luke in this fight. Well, man, it's a very fun stand-up battle. Like, I highly doubt it goes to the ground. I expect to see Luke trying to press the action. He's very aggressive. We saw him against Mike Perry. It's not often when Mike Perry is getting marched down by someone and, and the one who's backing up. We saw that in his fight against Vicente Luque. But then Stephen Thompson, I mean, he's he's going to have a speed advantage. Even though he's older, he's going to have a speed advantage. He, he has a speed advantage no matter what. He's very, I mean, he's got the best vision, one of the best vision in his history. He has all these traps. The problem is he gets a little gunshot. We saw him get gunshot against Tyron Woodley. Um, and then you got to ask, he's coming off a, he's coming off a loss against Anthony Pettis, but he got knocked out. It's the first time he's been, I mean, he got hurt in the Woodley fight. Obviously, he got dropped in there until fight. He got knocked out by Pettis. Yep. You got to start asking the question, like, is his chin gone? Is he going to be gun-shy? This is a guy who's been accused of being gun-shy in the past. Like, now coming off of – like, should we see that? That said, I'm taking Steven Thompson just because I think he has such a speed advantage. The the outside movement, he's tricky. And I was surprised at how well Mike Perry did against Vicente Luque. Mike Perry's a guy that I – I'm uh, not. Was, uh, I just don't think Mike Perry's that good. I expect. Neither do I. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel the same way. Like I've, I've never. Th- I thought if Mike Perry didn't have this like crazy maniac personality, he would be. He'd be on the prelims. Like he. No, he's fun and entertaining, but he's nothing spectacular. So I, I, I see Stephen Thompson just doing a classic Steven Thompson, picking out from range, landing and cleaning shots. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close because it's just Steven Thompson's style, not throwing enough, uh, throwing one punch at a time. But, I, yeah, I, I think Steven Thompson's going to win 30-27. It might even be close, maybe like 29-28, close one, but nothing. I, I don't think he knocks him out or anything. Let's hope that Wonderboy comes in and, 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 like you said, is not gun-shy because if so, we have potential for fireworks. This could be the fight of the night, really quick. In a stack card, this could be the fight of the night. Um, let's move to a middleweight uh, co-main event, or I, I hate that term too. The second from the top, Kelvin Gastelum, Darren Till. I want to talk to you about two things: the middleweight division as it stands right now, and also this fight. Darren Till, 170 pounds, has a rocket ship stuck to his ass. He beats Cowboy Cerrone. 
he beats uh, the aforementioned Stephen Thompson in a fight that was very, very close to me on the judges' scorecards. That said, um, he loses to Tyron Woodley in a fight that he may or may not should have been in. I don't know. Uh, in a fight that he was uh, the betting favorite. Uh, then he comes back and gets knocked out in Liverpool to a guy who was brought in, as you said, and I wrote this week, to probably be cannon fodder, a guy that he should have got back on track with in Jorge Masvidal. Moves up to middleweight, Keith, and faces, uh, in my opinion, a guy who, who is the most underrated fighter on the roster. I just I have a lot of respect for Kelvin Gastelum's game. I don't see how Darren Till wins this fight. Tell me how I'm wrong here. Uh, well, I'm taking Kelvin Gastelum, so I'm not going to say you're wrong. That said, I, I'm always, and, and this is probably something that I've been doing lately, I've been tending to tread on water very lightly or walk on eggshells when a guy moves weight classes because things change. And we've seen it time and we saw with Calvin Gastel and we've seen it with Robert Whitaker and Anthony Smith and, and the name could keep going on. So the people who count in Darren Taylor, I said, well, let's remember he's not depleting his body like he did before. And he's always been a very good counter puncher and does his, he's, he was a guy that had power. He was, I was really impressed about Darren, uh, Darren Till that he was always very loose. He kept his hands very loose. And something that I talk about all the times, you don't want the guy who's always tense enough. A guy like Sean Woodson did at UFC Boston, how loose he was. I've always been impressed with that. And he was a guy that kind of builds off his confidence. Like when he's, when things are going good, he's kind of like, a, you know, you can see an NFL team's a front running team. Like I feel like Darren Till's a front running team. When, when he starts landing his shots and he's building his confidence, he's letting his hands go. His vision, he's always had really good vision. He kind of sets traps, lands. That's good. And then does the power go with him? Like if he goes up to middleweight, does his power increase? But now there was the, was the other argument. If you go up, are you a little bit slower? Is your timing a little different? So I don't know. But the one thing about one we can talk about Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Gaslam is we know his power has, has right. transferred. I An mean, incredible he, ability to get inside on these bigger guys too. Incredible and, ability. And who hasn't he hurt? I mean, he hurt, I mean, he hurt, he, Israel Adesanya, he fooled, even, I'm talking about, in his recent losses, Israel Adesanya, some people would argue the best striker in the UFC right now, he hurt him multiple times. Go back to Chris Weidman, a fight Killed that he him. lost, he still, I mean, most of the people thought he knocked him out in the first round. Sure. So, Go all I the mean, way back when he knocked out Tim Kennedy, all the way back yeah. to that. Yeah, so, He's, he's gonna have a wrestling advantage, though I, I've always said I don't think Kelvin Gaslam uses his wrestling enough. I don't think he uses enough in the, in the Adesanya fight. It's something he should use more. But his power, he's so, he's so fast at middleweight. And I think that's why his power is there, because of how fast he is. He seems like he has, some guys it's good for them to cut weight, and some guys it's good not to cut weight. And obviously, Kelvin Gaslam, I believe that was the best move for him. And if this fight uh, he does get to the ground with Gaslam, I mean, Darren Till's ground game is, is, I mean, it's non-existent to me. I don't know. Well, what it is. when we saw it against Tyron Woodley, I mean, he's horrible. Terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. So that that obviously is scary. And is that something that Kelly Gaslam is going to go right for? I would uh, I would hope so because if it's a shootout, Till is a. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, this guy is a great striker. So I would imagine. But also, you know, uh, would you have ever dreamed that he was going to go toe to toe with Adesanya the way he did? And he did. So. Oh no, I know, I know. So so Till's a Plus two twenty underdog. I know. I'm, I'm not that's a, probably right. Me, that's I, probably right. See, I'm not a betting person, me so I would say the opposite. I would say stay with him just because we don't know. We've yeah. seen guys go up weight class. I mean, Anthony, look, look at Anthony Johnson. 
Yes, Johnson to finish. Look at Whitaker. Whitaker, Whitaker got he, finished by Wonder Boy, and then he was one of the greatest middleweights on earth. I mean, he was the champion. I would have yeah. after that Wonder Boy loss, I left him for dead. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Johnson fought a freaking featherweight. Uh, featherweight, uh, welterweight. welterweight. Like, so. Yeah, now he's now he's a light heavyweight, or actually really heavyweight. So I don't know what we're gonna get with Till moving up a weight class. I think it was the best move. I don't like him facing Kelvin Gaslam. I thought it'd been like. For example, taking on a Brad T- Tavares. Like, I, if he was on this card against Brad Tavares, that would make so much more sense. So much sense. This card. So much. Even, if he, even if he wanted to give him a big name because he just fought for the title recently, his next fight was the main event. You know, put him against a Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall. Somebody to just and, get your feet wet in that. I mean, shit. Rock I know he's up to Kelvin Gaslam, a guy who's just fighting for the title. I don't get it. I got one for you. Even, I mean, I know he's injured right now, but supposedly he's supposed to be coming back sooner than we think. Imagine if he was in a like a fight night main event against Anderson Silva. Sure. Like the kind of move the middle, you still kinda of, but put him against Calvin Gaslam. So I'm with you. I'm gonna take out a Gaslam too. Uh but I, I would not bet on this fight. So no. I think I think people who are picking Gaslam and they're so confident in Gaslam, let's not forget he just had a war without a war. And we know that takes I mean, he's still really young, so I, I feel more confident in a guy who's like I think Gaslam you know, is twenty. Oh God, Till is only twenty six. He's even younger than Till Cody is was. He's six years 26. old. Oh my God! And and, and Gaffer is only Gaffer only twenty eight. He's only twenty eight. So I'm not as great, yeah. I'm not too concerned with his. You know, the having a wall with Adesanya being he was twenty eight. He was like thirty two, thirty three. I'd be a lot more concerned. But he did just have a war, so we don't know how uh, how much that would take out of him. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Gaslin also. Real quick, Keith, I know we're up against it, but I wrote this week and I got a million emails about how dumb I am that with Paulo Costa being out. Yeah, I, I sent all of them. I sent all of them saying you're yeah. an idiot. Listen, it's all about creating discussion, but I could see a scenario where if they don't want to run the Whitaker fight back and Paulo Costa is certainly out, how can you fucking tell me, Keith, that Yoel Romero coming off two losses deserves a title shot? How? Uh, deserves a session now. The Polo Costa situation has real. I mean, if you really see middleweight is such a tough situation being a champion now because look at the, look what happened to the weight class recently. You got Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, uh, Anthony Jones, Anthony Smith. I uh, sorry, Anthony Smith. Excuse me, Anthony Smith. Tiago Santos, Jacare Sousa, all leaving the weight class. So like five five or six big names have left the weight class. Then you have the champion. You, you, if you're Ido Osama, you've already beat Kelvin Gaslam. You've already yep. recently, you've recently beat Robert Whitaker. Yep. Yoel Romero is coming off, uh, was two losses in a row now. Yep. Then he's lost he, three out of his last four and two in a row. Yep. Anderson Silva's coming off a loss. I mean, in a Who weird way, in a it? weird, in a weird way, it could be Jared Cannonier. Like Jared Cannonier could be by, by default. Like, he's getting the next title shot just by default. I know. And I wrote that he would need to beat everybody because he just doesn't move the needle, Keith. No. I'm thinking, you know, unfortunately for him, and you're right, it, it, it probably should be him because guess what? If Hermanson had won this fight, that fight, there would be no question with Costa out it would be Hermanson. Am I right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Which was – with I mean, Gaston could have a spectacular knockout and they throw him back in hand. I would prefer them actually not doing Gaston because we just saw it. I feel like yeah. building back up. Build him back oh. up. I agree. I would like to see Gastelum Whitaker if Gastelum wins. That's the yeah. right fight to make. 
Yeah, I agree because that's a fight that was supposed to happen. We, you know, it was up to the day two, of the fight. Two thirty four. Yeah, two thirty four. Yeah. The the other person that I hope they don't do this, but, but being the UFC, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Till you know Till knocks out Gaslam in the first round, which I'm not thinking it's going to happen. If he does, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly Till's fighting for the title, which I hope they don't do. We've already seen them rush him, and it yep. was a mistake. I hope they don't. I hope they learned and not rush him. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's I think it's Cannonier. Yeah, it's probably the Cannonier. But you know, word come out this week from Australia that uh, Whitaker was supposed to go on a long speaking tour, cancel the dog, get back into training. So what does that yeah, tell you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, the first fight wasn't close, so I don't think it's Whitaker. Yeah, I really don't. I, I, I do don't. Think I don't. I now, if it was going to be Whitaker, you know, in Cannonier, uh, sort of a number one. Maybe, maybe. Then that makes sense, but well, let's not forget that Adesanya and, and just going back to where you started, Adesanya tweeted out to your man like, "I'll see you yep. soon, boy," and all this. He just wants if he comes in to Dana or whoever and says, "You know what? I'm a middleweight champ. I'm the middleweight champion. The scariest guy in the division is Yoel Romero." That's to me that that's arguable to be honest with you. But if he says that's the guy that I need to face, then the UFC will make it happen. Hey, and here's the other option, which I hope they don't do. And I know this this will not go over with some fans might not agree with me. I hope they don't do this, but being that there isn't a true challenger at middleweight and there isn't anybody really jumping off the off the page at light heavyweight, I knew it was don't be surprised if they make no. the matchup but if Adesanya and Jones, I hope they don't Adesanya's too young. I think he's a star in the making. But Adesanya is not too young. He's 32 years old. No, no, he's too young in the sport, though. He's too young in the sport. He's only been in the UFC for not even two years yet. I know. He's only five. And, he's only UFC. And, Go ahead. He is a star right now. He is as marketable as the guy you have right now. Biggest star in the UFC, Keith. Yeah, and oh, I, I, I don't want to see that. Like, I feel like how much more, how much bigger would the matchup be if Adesanya rolls off two or three more wins in the division, yep. John Jones rolls off two or three more wins in the division, then they face each other two years from now. I'm Instead telling you right now, and this is whoever listens to this from the network who, who wants to be mad at me, be mad at me. They're, they're going to target this fight for the end of 2020, which is what they're doing now, and they want to do it in Cowboy Stadium. I'm telling you that right now. I'm... I like it, but maybe maybe not Cowboy Stadium. How about how about right in Africa? They're all yeah. they're all yeah. rumble in the jungle. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. You're right. That would be awesome. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't even think of that. That's why we bring you. I on. don't see, I don't see John Jones going to like New Zealand or anything. I don't think that makes sure. sense. But sure, sure, sure. Um, I know they want to do uh, they want to do that. They want to do Jerry Jones's place. They want to do it, and they think that now is Adesanya and Jones the fight to make there? You know, whatever we can argue that forever. Maybe it's Khabib and GSP or whatever, but uh, that's what they want to do. They want to do that fight next year. They want to do that fight next year, which probably means that you know Jones dispatches Reyes, and Adesanya dispatches you know uh, Yoel and maybe another guy you know Cannonier or whatever, and then there's just nothing left for either one of them. So um, whatever, we're getting off track. Will we see that fight someday? Here, here's another thing, too, Keith. If, if I think they think that there's a good chance that Adesanya could lose somewhere 